What do we do when a Christian celebrity is found in their sin? The same thing we always do. Think through it with a biblical worldview. You're listening to Onward in the Faith with Ray Burns. Ray is dedicated to equipping Christians to understand why they believe what they believe so that they can keep moving onward in their faith toward maturity in Christ. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, visit patreon.com slash onwardinthefaith. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. And make sure you visit onwardinthefaith.com where you can read hundreds of articles about every area of the Christian life. Now here's Ray with today's topic. At this point, most people listening to this episode are probably familiar with what happened with the famous apologist Ravi Zacharias. Uh, In a little bit, I will briefly touch on the basics of the story, but before I do that, I want to start this off by saying that uh, this is going to be a longer series that I'm going to do. It's going to consist of several parts where I'm going to take individual ways that we can think through what has happened and different conclusions that we can make and warnings that we can get from what happened and so while this episode and this series is obviously inspired by the events that happened and the revelations that have come to light after Ravi Zacharias's passing, I just want to say that this is not going to be a series or even really an episode that's just going to focus on this particular man. Because if you've been in Christianity long enough and if you kind of pay attention to the bigger realm of for lack of a better word, Christian celebrities, whether it's pastors or authors or speakers or apologists, what have you. You're probably familiar at this point with these big names. It seems almost inevitably falling into some kind of sin or falling into some sort of really weird teaching to the point that their ministry is almost completely unusable from then on out. And so after my own personal experience in trying to think through these things and being disappointed by you know, certain men over the years who have fallen away from the faith or fallen away from sound teaching. What I want to do is just take this moment to think through how we as Christians can think about it and respond to it, and most importantly, what we can learn from it so that we as non-celebrity Christians can live a life more purely devoted to Christ and ultimately keep moving onward in our faith instead of moving towards sin or false doctrine. So to start off very briefly, who is Ravi Zacharias and what is it that happened that is such a big deal? Well, Ravi Zacharias is, or I should say was, a Christian apologist who has uh, since passed and Several years ago, it came to light that he was having an online affair with a woman, and he denied it, and his the people in charge of his ministry kind of took his side and felt that, uh, as I understand it, things weren't as big a problem. You know, it was more of uh, Ravi not making good decisions in his private communications with people, but that there wasn't anything necessarily illicit going on here and that this woman who came forward was maybe trying to just tear down an otherwise good man. Well, after uh, Ravi passed away, his ministry um, contacted kind of a third-party team of investigators who weren't tied to him at all, and they basically said, hey, you know, some things have come to light recently. We need you to just... Go find out what you can, you know, follow any leads. You know, we want to be as transparent as possible. And so this investigative team has uh, recently released a 12-page report 
where they talk about the methods that they did and why they followed certain leads and how they had to kind of pick and choose because they couldn't possibly interview everyone that may have had something to say here. And ultimately what they revealed, and I'm not going to get you know, really detailed because I, you know, I don't want to tempt anyone towards any kind of thoughts or anything. And the report itself, while not graphic in its description, if you want to read it, I will warn you, it is blunt and it is honest in recounting what these women report having encountered with Ravi Zacharias. But uh, just in a real quick nutshell, over a number of years, several of them, unfortunately, he liked to frequent primarily massage parlors and while there he would um, inappropriately uh, speak to women or try to touch them or have them touch him in inappropriate ways and there's a few reports of him having even uh, prolonged romantic and sexual relationships with a few of these women and so you know to me the most heartbreaking is hearing one about a a female masseuse who shared with him she had a history of you know growing up in a Christian home and he used that to in a way guilt or manipulate her into a sexual relationship uh, to the point that he even apparently prayed with her thanking God for kind of his reward for serving God so much and you read this report and it's just it's a heartbreaking thing one because of what these women experienced at the hands of a man who claimed to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, whether he was or not, that is not the focus of this episode or this series. I have no idea if he was or not. I would really like to believe that he was a true follower of Christ who, as we'll talk about in future episodes, maybe had just lost his passion and his focus and instead got tangled up in the desires of the world. But whatever his eternal destiny ultimately is right now, what we're ultimately left with is a man whose work has been forever ruined and any good that he may have done in the name of Christ is now unusable, I would say. And to the point that there are a lot of people, not just these women who were personally victims of what he did, but even those people who, you know, maybe came to faith because of Ravi's ministry or who grew closer to Christ because of his ministry— you know, there are just thousands of people around the world who are really struggling and not sure how to handle this. What do they do with this? How do we understand the good that seems to have been done in the name of Christ by a man who was traveling the world in in one hand, you know, fighting for the truth of God and, and you know, debating atheists and, and talking to groups of Christians about why belief in God is the only thing that makes sense and why we have evidence that God exists and things like that. You know, how do we take that life and then also realize that while he was traveling the world, while he was doing these things, he was also falling deeply into sexual sin and even to the point of using, it seems, his ministry's funds and his power and his influence and his fame to coerce and manipulate women into doing what he wanted. You know, how do we balance these two things? And so in this episode, what I want to talk about is kind of the big picture. And this is really, if you've heard other commentaries and people talk about this situation, this is really what people focus on a lot, is the danger of celebrity culture. The risk that we as Christians take when we take 
a single human being and we elevate them to the point that we put them on a pedestal. We think that they are above sin or even above reproach to the point that we can't even fathom how they could possibly fall into sin. And so that's really what I'm focus on today. And then in the next episode, I want to talk about another thing that we can take away, which is going to be the toxic desire for yes men. And then from there, I will have several more episodes where we're just going to take individual thoughts, individual realizations, and just try to apply a biblical worldview to how we can think through it well and in a way that glorifies God and in a way that ultimately, hopefully, draws us closer to God and makes us dig deeper into his word for truth and our growth and ultimately everything we need in life. So when it comes to the reality of celebrity culture, you know, as Christians, I think we need to identify what it is and why it's much more prominent than we may even realize. You know, today we are so connected through things like the internet or the easily obtainable things like books and other resources to where when you have someone who is a big name, they are very easily able to spread their reach around the world. Uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but if you have someone like Ravi Zacharias or you know a big name pastor, they are able to spread their reach because the more they grow, the more people are hearing their names. And it's not hard for someone who hears about this pastor or this author to get a hold of almost everything that person has created. And, you know, in a way that is a huge blessing for us today because we don't have to wish that we could read this incredible book or hear this incredible sermon by someone if only they weren't miles and miles away or on the other side of the globe. Instead, if someone has preached a good sermon, there's a good chance we can hear that and anyone can hear that. Or if there's a book that they've written, we can get it for cheap. I mean, we might even be able to get it from our library for free. I mean, we have an incredible amount of access to what people are creating as they are seeking to serve Christ through these different ministries that they have. And again, that's great. But our culture, not our Christian culture, but just the Western culture that we live in is that we live in a very idolatrous culture. Not surprising to anybody, I'm sure. You know, if you think of things like reality TV or the Kardashians or what's happening with this music star or this sports star or this celebrity, people are obsessed with what other people are doing. People live their lives at certain times and in certain ways through what someone else is doing. People will get their truth from whatever politician or whatever celebrity they follow. They will buy products based on their recommendation. Their word choices, their attitudes, their beliefs, maybe without realizing it, are often formed by these people that they follow. And that makes sense because those people we look up to are the people that we want to emulate. We want to be like them. And so when we take that and we put it into Christianity and we, as followers of Christ, who are warned against idolatry and warned against following human beings, when we take that worldview and, without thinking about it, apply that secular celebrity culture to Christianity, what we end up doing is we take these individuals who may be very wise and very well-spoken and have really good points, and we take what they're creating, and instead of enjoying their content, we elevate the person up to a certain point where they are a celebrity— in their own right. You know, even 
you know, older pastors or authors, you know, people who aren't acting or aren't making music or things like that, we will elevate them to the point that whatever they create, whatever they say, whatever they produce, we want more of it. We will consume it. And for a lot of people, that might even be their primary source of learning. You know, they may listen to their pastor for, you know, half hour or one hour on a Sunday, but then they may spend hours throughout the week listening to this famous pastor on the radio or on YouTube, you know, or they will, you know, half-heartedly commit to something like small groups or their own Bible study time, but then they will spend, you know, days or weeks just devouring all kinds of you know, books or other material by these famous authors, and all their growth will come from what is being spoon-fed to them by certain individuals. And so, ultimately, what this really comes down to, as I said, is just idolatry. We want someone to teach us. We want someone to do our thinking for us. We want someone to save us from ignorance or boredom or the unhappiness that we have with our lives. I mean, that's why we worship individual human beings, because we want to live through them. We want them to grow us. We want to be like them. You know, for, you know, models or singers, you know, we may want to be famous like them, but for Christians, hopefully our earnest and heartfelt desire is that we want to be mature like them. And again, in a pure sense, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, because we should be looking to, in a way, more mature Christians as role models for us. But what we ultimately then do is we take them out of their proper place. We take a human being who God is using as a tool in our lives, and instead we make them something much more than they are ever meant to be. And this isn't new to our culture. It's certainly more prominent in our culture, but we can see this even all the way back in the time of the Apostles. So if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4 through 8, we can see celebrity culture very hard at work. And so Paul writes here, he says, For when one person says, I am with Paul, and another, I am with Apollos, are you not ordinary people? What then is Apollos? And what is Paul? Servants, through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So then, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but God who causes the growth. Now, the one who plants and the one who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his labor. So here we see Paul completely tearing down this idea that, you know, I am a follower of John MacArthur, or I am a follower of John Piper, or I'm a follower of... Billy Sunday or Augustine or Spurgeon, you know, he's tearing down this idea that we are somehow followers, that we follow the teachings of a human individual. And instead, all these celebrities that we hold up in our minds are only meant to do one thing, and that's to drive us to the cross. They are supposed to make Christ bigger in our minds. They're supposed to teach and instruct us, but ultimately to be stepping stones on our path towards becoming more mature in Jesus Christ. But Christ always is our goal. And so it's not just in terms of salvation that God uses people in our lives and that they're supposed to lead us to truth. But even as we are growing in our faith, you know, spending decades of our lives, hopefully, growing and becoming more mature, God is going to be using people in our lives. But we are warned in this passage 
in 1 Corinthians about the danger of what happens when we take a good gift that God gives us in having a prominent Christian figure, someone who has been tested and who has proven themselves worthy and wise and biblically sound. When we take that person and we elevate them to the point that not only do we view them as more than they are, but we give them permission to view themselves as more than they are. And so to a degree, that's what almost makes it more heartbreaking when we hear these stories, and especially if you know the, the more specific truths come out about how these pastors or these teachers you know, have fallen into sin. And often what we will see is that they are using their influence and their power or the money that they've earned from their ministries. We see basically all of these things that we have given to them, and they are using it to serve themselves, to serve the serve their own sin. And while, you know, absolutely they are responsible for the choices they make, for the sin that they pursue, and ultimately for turning away from Christ and turning to the world, what we need to realize is that we enable them, we encourage them to view themselves as more than they are, because we are taking a human being who was once an enemy of God, but has been redeemed by the blood of Christ. And we are telling them, you are smart, you are special, you are so amazing, you have done all this in my life. And what we do is we tell them that they are important, they are special, they are unique, they are somehow worthy of all this adoration. You know, but when we do that, we don't encourage them to take the stance of John the Baptist, who said, I must decrease and Christ must increase. Instead, we keep telling them, you need to increase. You are big. You are the one. You are this amazing Christian. You are this pinnacle of Christianity, and I want to be like you. And they start listening to that. They start giving in to this idea that, well, maybe I am special. Maybe I do deserve everything. And so when we puff someone up so much that they think they are somehow worthy or deserving of whatever they want, then... Over time, when that desire for sin and that desire to serve themselves comes up, well, suddenly we've given them the authority and the power and the belief that they should go get what they want. They should give in to it. And so as we open up the abilities for them to pursue sin and they give in to it, and yet we still follow them and we puff them up and we elevate them and we, and we hold them high and say, this is who you should look to, this is who you need to listen to, then what we really tell them is that secret sin that no one knows about is okay. They're getting away with it. And so it's going to just create this vicious cycle where these little sins that a person gets away with and no one catches them, they're going to want to invest in even more sins. They're going to pursue more things. And we know this is true because that's what we do. You know, We can spend years of our lives trying to maintain purity and just keep following Christ, but at a certain point, we may take our eyes off the cross. We may look around. We may start dabbling in sin. And when we do, we're like a little kid who, oh, well, mom and dad didn't notice, so maybe I'll go a little further with my disobedience. Maybe I'll go a little further than that. And we keep pushing and pushing until ultimately everything comes crashing down on us, and we don't realize just how deeply we've dived into sin. And so as we are thinking about maybe Ravi Zacharias specifically, or just Christian celebrities in general. The one thing that I hope we as followers of Christ can take away is that it is crucial for us to hold human beings exactly where they belong. You know, as Christians, you know, we often try to fight for the value of human life, but we also need to be sure that we are 
equally valuing human life and that we aren't elevating it higher than God to the point that we view a teacher or we view a pastor as something more than they are. You know, we, we should never be surprised that a sinner sins. It doesn't matter how many books they've written. It doesn't matter how many sermons they've preached or how good their lives seem. We should not be surprised when a sinner sins. Now, obviously, as someone grows in maturity, and we would expect that someone who can preach sermons for years or decades would be living out what they're studying, right? They would be practicing what they preach. At the same time, we have to be so cautious that when we see a pastor out there who is very famous or who's making really good things, or we have someone who creates incredible books or incredible teaching tools or what have you, that we are holding them in their proper position saying, God, thank you for this tool that you have used in my life. Thank you for allowing them to point me to you and to follow you more. And really, that's where our adoration of a person should stop. You know, Everything that they say, everything they do, everything they create, we should always be holding it against the word of God above all else. We should never say, oh, because it's this person, I think what they've created is going to be true. Or I'm going to point other people to something that I've never read, but I assume it's good because of who created it. You know, because what we're doing then is we're saying this person is sound, this person is right, this person is biblical simply because of who they are. And so rounding it off, the big thing to take away from what we're seeing of this Ravi Zacharias scandal is that as Christians, we simply have a wake-up call. We cannot put faith and trust in a person who ultimately we don't even know. We only see the public image that they put across. We need to be very careful not to put our faith in the teachings of a man or woman, but instead to weigh what they say, what they teach, what they create against God's perfect word. If what they say is lining up, if it's sounding good, then embrace it, use it, send it to others. But what we should be elevating is how it's used in our lives as opposed to elevating the person who created it. And then I just want to end this with a loving call and reminder to those who maybe did grow under the ministry of Ravi Zacharias. Maybe you were blessed. Maybe you were encouraged. Maybe you found yourself using a lot of his arguments that you heard him use when debating atheists or when talking to other Christians. And you know, I know that when a pastor or a teacher that we look up to, for lack of a better word, falls from grace, when they get deeply involved in sin or just when their love of sin finally gets revealed to us, it hurts. It leaves us questioning. It leaves us doubting. And we wonder, what do I do with all this good that God has worked in my life because of this person? You know, was it all for nothing? Was it all a lie? Was I deceiving myself? Because how could everything I've learned in, in all the ways I've grown, how can it be worth anything if it was done by someone who was living this secret life and was harboring this deep sin and constantly covering it up? What do we do with that? And so I just want to encourage you as lovingly as I can not to think that way. Because as we've seen both through God's word and just through our own lives, God uses imperfect and broken people to accomplish his perfect plans. If God has used a sinful person in your life, then nothing that that sinful person does can erase the good that God has done through them. 
So speaking very specifically, the work done by Ravi Zacharias is basically unusable now. It's, it's forever tarnished, and unfortunately, that's going to leave a lot of people struggling. But whatever good God did through him isn't wasted, so don't let it be wasted. Don't throw away how far God has brought you in your walk with Jesus Christ simply because of the sin of one single individual. Instead of seeing how far he has fallen, instead, just lift your eyes up to Christ. And maybe some of you need to actually pray for God to give you the grace to forgive Ravi's sin and the way that he betrayed us. Because while most people probably didn't know him personally, there is still that feeling of betrayal that we're going to feel because of this, this hope and this trust that we placed in his life and in his teachings. And now we're kind of left flapping in the breeze and feeling like fools. So use this as a good opportunity to realize where your focus needs to be. And in love and in faith, keep growing in your own love and your own faith for Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this episode of Onward in the Faith. If you would like to support this ministry, you can do so at patreon.com slash onward in the faith. If this episode was a blessing to you, consider sharing it with other people who you think could be blessed by it. Now keep moving onward in your faith toward maturity in Christ.